Hello and welcome to Future Fuzz, the digital marketing podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of Future Fuzz, the digital marketing podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Claudia North onto the show today. It's good morning here, Claudia. It's good afternoon in Sydney. How are you doing? Really well, really well. Thank you, Justin. What time is it there, Claudia? Five o'clock uh, in the afternoon, so uh, end of the a long day for me. I'm usually up around 5am, so... <laughs> Oh, you're an early bird like me. So I'm getting up early for this podcast and you're you're also an early bird. Yes, I certainly am. Have you read the 5am Club book? No, I haven't. I haven't. But I, I do find that my brain works a lot better when I get up and do fitness in the morning and I do meditation and gratitude practice and then I'm ready to rock and roll and take on the day. Brilliant, brilliant. So you, your brain is slowing down now at 5pm, so hopefully we can keep you awake in the podcast. <laughs> I had a coffee, so I think I'll be good. <laughs> good, good for you. Brilliant. I also live on coffee. I'm trying to keep it to about four a day. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm about Claudia, two. So. You're on about two. Oh, that's very good. That is very, yeah. very good. No, I'm a bit of a caffeine addict. <laughs> Claudia, it's amazing to have you on the show. Um and really great to have you calling in from Australia. So hello to any new Australian and uh, any maybe some Kiwi listeners. Um, yeah. I, I'm really keen to talk to you about your, your business. So just tell us maybe a little bit about yourself, a bit of background and, and how, you, how you got into this uh, world of small business marketing. Yeah, sure. So I uh, have always been in marketing. I have a lifetime in, in marketing since I did my uh, degree in business and then my master's in marketing. Um, after I studied, I went into big business. So I worked in one of the big banks here. I worked in um, big funds management companies. Um, and having worked in a number of years on the big business side, I wanted to understand the agency side of, um, of business. So I, I moved into working for uh, advertising agencies, media, you know, content marketing, um, etc. And uh, I realised I felt like there was a bit of an all care and no no responsibility. I think because you know both organisations and and agencies have um, a number of different touch points that I didn't really feel there was a direct uh, connection between things that I was doing and the re- and the results, and then things that agency people were doing and the results, etc. Um, so I've, I found that quite interesting. Um, later on, when I went to have my second child, I developed my own product, which was about 15 years ago, and um, I manufactured my product um, in Asia and I got the product into sort of five different markets and sold it through one of the big supermarket chains here. Um, and I even built my own website 15 years ago, which I don't even know how I did because I'm, I'm <laughs> technical in the mind, but I'm not really <laughs> that great with code. But um and so it was interesting when I when I did that uh, particular business that I really felt quite alone and I felt that small businesses really don't get much support. Um, and so I decided rather than going back into big business that I wanted to sort of open the black box of digital marketing for small businesses and um, be able to, to create like trusted advice, I suppose, um, you know, for them. So, um, and this is where sort of my my framework um, was born. Um, yeah. Perfect. Now tell us more about the framework because it is, um, I think also recently you released a publication about it, correct me if I'm wrong. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, last month, so in November, I released my first book, which is called The E-Commerce Growth Framework. Um, so I think the culmination of, you know, all of my studies and then working in big business and agencies and then having my own business, um, I, I then went on to work with hundreds of small businesses um, in, in digital and I found a number of common themes there and one of them was obviously the complexities of the environment and that's complexities of the technology it's complexities of the tactics complexities of the terminology um and i sort of thought well how you know i'm a marketer and um how can small business owners that are you know amazing in their craft actually uh, not have to become a digital marketer. I mean, you know, how do you, you're going to study to become a digital marketer or you're going to run your business kind of thing. So, right. um, so, so I developed the framework, which um, the first sort of phase of the framework, there's three phases. The first one is what I call foundations. And I found that a lot of small businesses didn't have their foundations in place. So, for example, uh, a lot of small businesses think that they have their Google Analytics um, account connected to their digital store and therefore you know they're gathering data yeah. um, one of the challenges with that is that when you connect to your google analytics to your online store uh, there's a number of settings that you need to change or flick on within google analytics to actually track data in a meaningful way for e-commerce um, and so you know i've worked with small businesses have gone into the google analytics account and they've just they, they barely have any data. They don't have any audience data on demographics or mobile users. Um, they're not um, collecting data for advertising. Um, so there's a whole range of, you know, things just in Google, you know, um, analytics, for example. Uh, so based on working with hundreds of small businesses over, you know, a number of years, um, it became really clear to me the big gaps um, and, and what they were, they were missing. And it upset me because I've felt like a lot of them go straight to Facebook advertising or Instagram advertising or Google ads, um, but their, their their website isn't optimised for their conversion rate or they may not be collecting emails when somebody comes to their website. Um, and as a small business owner, you can't afford to be dropping cash into ads and not maximising yeah. the return on that. Yeah, 100% agree. I've seen it. I've seen it happen before. Um, I've, I've had to do campaigns and it's amazing how people think, oh, we need to market this. We need to get out there. So we need to run some ads. But they end up burning significant amounts of cash because they haven't got the basics right. Yeah, I've definitely seen it before. Um, yeah. So you've worked with literally hundreds of uh, businesses in the past, or at least you've you've analyzed hundreds of businesses and how they operate. Yeah, looked, uh, worked with, analysed, um, consulted to, uh, yeah, so yeah, hundreds over the last few years. <laughs> that must be quite quite a challenge. I mean, I, I, bet, I bet you've seen it all, right? I bet you've seen some companies do certain things well and others that do other things well. You must have seen the whole, the whole shebang. Yeah, no, I definitely have. Um, I think that, you know, the reason I built the framework was because I noticed um, all of the opportunities to do if, effective low-cost tactics and um, implement uh, those. And, 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 that, and I've used these tactics across mid-sized businesses. So I do have consulting clients that are, you know, $500 million businesses and I've used the same framework with them. The fr same framework still applies. Um, but I think because I, you know, ran my own small business and um, I'm, I don't like to waste money. I don't throw money at anything that I don't believe is going to, you know, um, get a return. And so um, actually looking at, 
you know, what are all those tactics that you can put together that's going to allow, you know, an effective return on all of, um, you know, all, all of the activities. Um, and the framework's based on uh, the concept of the power of tiny gains. Um, so basically, you know, it's all the one percenters. So if you think about improving lots of things in your business just by one percent, you know, the incremental um, or the aggregated impact of that over time, you know, over over a longer period of time, will have a significant, you know, impact on um, on on the business growth. And that's without spending truckloads of money in advertising to get that growth. It's a, it's about sustainable long term growth, not about you know peaks and troughs. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. I think you mentioned something there that we should could go back to. You say there are like business owners that have that maybe have an amazing skill at you know um they're creating beautiful fashion garments or they you know they're trying to scale they sell technology or something like that their 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 drive and their skill set as an entrepreneur is not to is not to do marketing is it really their their focus is like i want to actually take this product or this this thing to the market and it can be really distracting can't it so there's a lot of confusion out there there's a lot of mumbo jumbo in the marketing world and what your you know what your growth framework actually does is it breaks it down and makes it simple for people to digest i guess yeah yeah absolutely um i mean exactly everybody's inbox they're probably getting truckloads of you know articles and um sales i know that you know a lot of small businesses get calls from facebook calls from google you know everybody's wanting to get you know get their cash and they're just going i i just don't know what to do they don't have the confidence to choose what to do next and most of them have been most of them, I'd have to say all of them, um, unfortunately, have been burnt one way or another. Um, and, you know, things such as, you know, search engine optimization. I mean, that small business owners have, you know, dropped cash into that, you know, even if it's $1,000 or $1,500 a month to somebody that's doing the SEO, SEO work for them. But they don't, they don't really know what they're doing, you know, for them because they can't, they can't necessarily see it in the short term and it's hard to to, to you know, demonstrate what that um, what work they've done, um, and it's one of those things, right? You could be spending your total marketing budget, and you know, eighty percent of it. You could remove eighty percent of it, and you know, you, you've still got the same revenue. Um, so it's really giving them the tools to be able to um, get that cut through. Yes, definitely simplify it. Um, I call it navigating the digital maze. Um, and I've seen so many traps, you know, with small business owners, which is. Um, what I'm really trying to avoid for you know um, small businesses ultimately on a global scale <laughs> yeah brilliant brilliant this definitely can work anywhere in the world I, I think um, SEO is a really interesting one I do see it uh, a lot as well is that the the SEO game is is a very difficult game to win mm. um, and people try and they put a lot of money into it and yeah really don't get anything out of it and and um, some companies you know they should obviously try their best to try and win that game because there there's a niche right mm-hmm. um, but I I do believe the majority should um, should actually stay away from it because yeah it's yeah. it's not it's not even it's not even really seo is it it's like it's just pleasing google how can you be yeah. google friendly it shouldn't be called seo anymore it should be called yeah. be google friendly right yeah exactly exactly but look and that's why i've broken you know seo down into you know three components so the first one is technical seo which is all about your website you know on-site performance um and again when people think seo they think i've got to have articles you know pumping out 
articles every other week, but it's such a waste doing that if you don't have, you know, your, your technical SEO on your website, such as, you know, your images are optimised um, and you've got your meta tags and your descriptions and your site map, all of those sorts of things, you know, in place. Um, and there's, uh, there's a tool online called um, PageSpeed Insights, which is just a Google developer tool, but you can put your URL into into that tool and it's going to give you just a quick high level on, on your performance um, just at a basic technical level. Um, and so I say just just start there um, and down the track once, you know, your, your website's uh, optimised and technically performing well, then you can start to consider number two, which is what I call relevancy, and that's all around the content marketing piece. Um, but I think content marketing, similarly to social content, um, can be huge investment uh, with little return. Um, so, yeah, I, I try to minimise um, the effort into both of those and and have sort of a f more effective tactics um, so that you're getting some traction, but you're not spending your whole you know your whole life there. I mean, these people are running businesses, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to be lean and mean and, and move quickly, definitely. Mm. Um, so you're dealing obviously you're dealing with a lot of e-commerce e clients. Um, now you've got the the big platforms, uh, Shopify, WooCommerce, BigCommerce. Mm -hmm. um, what do you you know? What do you see people using uh, most in small business? Uh, well, it's interesting because WooCommerce used to be the bigger player, um, and now Shopify's uh, really seem to have taken over. Um, they're saying that that's going to flip back to to WooCommerce, but those two are definitely the most popular platforms. I mean, Shopify is you know a better platform if uh, it's, it's sort of a little bit less flexible than your WordPress WooCommerce combination um, in terms of you know design and features and functions. Uh, but in saying that, as, as a startup um, that, and somebody that's not that technical, um, Shopify's definitely the better option from a, a cost perspective they host everything you know it's low once you build a website it's pretty low on you know ongoing development um fees uh whereas woocommerce is sort of more expensive because you've on the on the ongoing because you need to have you know a developer there because it's a little bit more of a technical platform to utilize hey we hope you are enjoying this podcast if there is subjects you would like discussed or questions answered, drop us a line at info at shapala.io. Future Fuzz, your guide to digital marketing. Yeah, indeed. Uh, it was funny because when, let's say, looking back quite maybe quite some years, but Shopify was actually quite expensive at the beginning because they were taking like percentage fees of sales and mm. it was more geared towards the US where everyone uses a credit card like literally mm. everybody uses a credit card um, and then it didn't really break through in Europe and then they started um, accepting more payment options and then it got really really popular in Europe and then they changed their pricing plan which made it more accessible mm. um, but you mentioned that it might flip back to you know WooCommerce um, you know interesting why you said that um, I was looking at some statistics uh, when was it like earlier this year um, that was just showing the acceleration of, of growth. And um, although Shopify has a larger percentage of the market globally, uh, WooCommerce seemed to be accelerating um, faster than the Shopify. Uh, whether that, you know, um, ends up in, you know, them owning, you know, greater market share, I'm not sure. 
Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Sh- yeah. So. It- it does make sense. I mean, uh, Shopify can be a bit restrictive, and I think if a lot of these um, stores that have been building up over the years start to evolve, they might want to build bigger sites and more complicated um, output, right? I think Shopify is uh, very much plug and play, but you can mm. reach uh, a ceiling at a certain level. Mm-hmm. Although they're definitely trying to get into that mid-sized market as well. They've got you know, um, more premium offerings that they're bringing out. Um, as they do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> Claudia, let's talk about your achievements. So I think around about three months ago, you've been included in the top 50 small business leaders 2022. Tell us a bit more about that. Uh, yeah, that was um, that was uh, a lovely achievement to be getting this year. Um, basically, one of the uh, a local uh, publication inside small business um, run, run um, this award for top small business leaders and um, yeah I was lucky to be uh, one of the uh, ones selected in the top 50 so um, I think my story is a little bit unique and um, also I think it's important that I'm, I stand up for the little guy <laughs> yeah. to the small business owners um, you know what we're doing in um, our business with small businesses um, is very unique it's it's delivering e-commerce marketing advice you know, via a digital platform. So it's a little bit like that robo advice for, you know, financial um, services where we're, we're allowing, you know, businesses to um, be able to self-assess themselves and then, you know, get a plan and advice, um, you know, at an affordable affordable price. Um, so really, so, so I think, you know, that was um, a big a big point in um, me, me getting the award. Uh, so yeah, it's a fantastic achievement, and it's good to it's good to be recognised. Now we, when I sent over the let's say the the, the preparation to the podcast, there's some things in in there regarding um, let's say entrepreneurship and female empowerment, and you said I uh, might not be able to give any <laughs> insights in that, but I, I do want to pick up on it as, as a point. I mean, you're sure. a mother a mother of three, right? I've got two kids, yes. you've got three. That's that must be another level. Um, <laughs> and then you know you you've you've really you've worked in varied positions and you've gone out there and and you've started well you've started a couple of businesses from what i can see so um i want to drill down though into in specifically into australia and maybe the differences between what we're seeing here in in countries Mm. like the netherlands and the uk so you know what's it what's it like being a woman in business in australia uh, look, it's an interesting question, and the reason I said I might uh, struggle a little bit on that front is um, I grew up with a father. I'm one of four children. There's three three girls and, and uh, my brother, and uh, my father had this approach to um, all of us that doesn't matter whether you're a girl or a boy, you can do anything. And um, I, I think because I've always, ha- you know, he, he instilled that, you know, we can do anything attitude, um, I've never... As my, yeah, it's hard, um, hard to express, but I suppose I never looked at I, I didn't get this or I was treated this way because I'm a woman. Um, I'm extremely competitive, but only with myself. <laughs> so I just sort of see the lay of the land as it is. Um, obviously, there's, you know, huge, um, I understand, you know, all of the inequalities from, you know, so many different angles. And obviously, that's really come to the fore, uh, which I think is amazing and fantastic. Um, I think I learned more about it from my daughter because she's... Um, She's 15, but she's uh, a real um, advocate for, for social justice and uh, she's 
uh, just did some work experience for the UN for, for women in Australia. Uh, so she's really wanted to go down that route. So um, I think she really brings those issues issues uh, to me of what's going on on a global scale and then, you know, what's going on locally. She, you know, asked me if I've got protests or different things with her. Um, so, look, I think I think what we're having here is, is what is going on in um, other parts of the world, but obviously not from a deeply experiential perspective if we think about, you know, um, Afghan women and, you know, those sorts yeah. of things. It must be really inspiring. You've got your dad inspiring you on one side and your daughter on the other. She's only 15 years old and she's already doing work experience at the UN. I mean, that's really yeah. impressive. I wasn't doing that when I was 15 years old. <laughs> I think I was washing cars to make some money, yeah. Oh, God, I know. I know she's, uh, she's an old soul, so she teaches me every day. That is absolutely brilliant. Oh well, yeah, my my kids, my youngest daughter is five, and she's all she teaches me, and my my eldest is seven, and she definitely <laughs> teaches me a thing or two, if I'm honest. So yeah, watch watch this space. Let's do a podcast again in seven years' time, and I'll, and I'll update you, Claudia. But that's 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 amazing. We had exactly the same thing from from other guests on the show. Um, that it is about saying, you know, there's no you know, there's no difference, you know, it's, it's about having a can-do attitude and you've got to go out there and do it. I think that's really inspiring. And it's also um, doing it from a very early age as well, right? It's, it, mm. it's there, there's, there's, there should be zero difference. I was reading some statistics um, yesterday, which I found absolutely shocking and it just really brings me down, but I think we need to mention it, is that yeah. there was something like an analysis of 90 unicorn companies, so unicorn company being worth, like let's say, billions. Mm. And um, it was something like only three founders of 90 companies were female. Um, mm. Now we're talking that on. We're talking about big business now, right? But it's also yeah. going down to smaller business as well. Which maybe look at okay, how many small business owners are like female founders or um, have a female leadership team, and mm. how are they doing statistically? So I think it is a really important um, issue to be raised. Um, mm -hmm. And I listened listened to an amazing podcast, um, and I'll I'll put that link in in the notes as well, which mm. is the founder of Patagonia. And who's given his all of his company away to a charity? So any any dollar that that company makes in profit basically goes to a charity. So it's not owned by any corporates or any individual anymore. Yeah. And he explained that seventy percent or seventy five percent of his f uh, management is is female. And that's mm. why his company is so successful. And I was like, mm. yes, right on. I agree with that. But <laughs> it's interesting to hear hear your your take on that. Um, you know, I spent some time in Australia, and there I was. You know, there seems to be less. Um, <clears throat> how can I really say this in the right way? Mm. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a pretty masculine environment at times, right? It, it but it, but it's it's not to say that. I mean, it's. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to say the word blokey, but there's. There, it's. It's different, right? It's different in Australia than it is to other countries. Yeah. Look, I mean, I was in, um, you know, financial services twenty odd years ago, and uh, there was definitely a glass ceiling there. Um, I was working in the strategy team for the investment bank, and uh, everybody above me was was uh, male, and um, you know, there was sort of restructuring, you know, going on, and. Um, I got overlooked and, you know, I mean, I, I, the way I think about myself is like, oh, well, you know, I wasn't good enough. Uh, 
But, you know, but I, I know that was the culture and I sort of went, well, I, I, this isn't the culture that I want to stay in anyway. And it wasn't that I didn't still have a job. I still had a job. But I, after that, I just went, I, I, you know, in terms of the values and um, the energy, uh, it's just not a place that I wanted to continue to be. Yeah, yeah, pretty cutthroat, right? Pretty, uh, pretty hardcore as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Perfect, wonderful, Claudia. For those who are listening, where can they find your new publication? Oh, just onto Amazon. Uh, so if you go to Amazon and search for the e-commerce growth framework, uh, you will find it there. So it's in, in Kindle and in print, depending on your um, edition of choice. Amazing. So if you need some reading over the uh, Christmas period, that's where you got to go to Amazon. We'll put the link in the podcast subject. We'll also put the link to the website as well. Thank you thank, so much. Thank you, Claudia, for staying awake till 5 p.m. for us. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I've got a couple more hours in me and I will have dinner, so I'm not, I'm not quite asleep just yet. Yeah, no worries. Only kidding. Anyway, so thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on, Claudia. Oh, Justin, thank you so much. I know it's taken a, a little while to connect. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's an honour to be here and be a part of your, your podcast um, series. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in and making the choice to listen to this podcast. If you liked what you've heard today, please don't forget to subscribe. Future Fuzz is sponsored by Shopala. Shoppable ads and express checkouts for e-commerce. Future Fuzz, your guide to digital marketing.